Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome to our Marriage Hour today on Trending. What do men want from their Catholic wives? We're actually going to talk about that and talk about that with Devin Schatt from the Fathers of St. Joseph. We're also going to dive into the topic of divorce today. Really interesting, I think, piece was sent to me recently uh, by Brooke Taylor, actually, who guest hosts sometimes here on Trending, about this new wave that she's heard about of momunes, not communes, momunes, and it's a bunch of divorced moms moving in together. We're going to talk about the Catholic take on divorce. Some of the key, I think, takeaways from these momunes, these mommies living together who are now single, maybe have been abandoned, maybe chose to go through a divorce. There's actually a reality TV show coming out about some of these momunes that we're going to discuss here on Trending. And we're taking your questions, dating, relationships, and marriage. We're happy to cover it. We're actually going to talk about difficulty with pleasure and intimacy, among other topics today on Trending. So, Buckle up for our marriage hour here on Trending. If you have a question, numbers 1-888-914-9149, or you can always ask your question on social media as well. Just follow me at Timmerie, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. Joining me today is Devin Chat. He is an author, especially focusing on men's ministry, and he is the founder of the Fathers of St. Joseph. Devin Chat, welcome back to Trending. Hey, Tim Marie, thanks for having me on. So you were a real trooper. I asked you to cover a rather sensitive and hot topic today, and you said yes, which I was really grateful for, but I think it's so important. <laughs> you, I, I got you on that one. I'm really grateful because, Devin, you know, I think that there's a lot of desire. What does it look like to be a Catholic wife? What does it look like to be a Catholic husband? But also there's that question, what do does a wife want from her husband and vice versa. So today you said yes to talking, especially from your experience of men's ministry, years of marriage, uh, your children, all of your background to talk about what men want from their Catholic wives. So let's dig in if you're okay with that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, a little scared, but uh, I, we should be good. I think right out of the gate, I wanna make a little qualifier though, is that as a man, I am not qualified to tell a woman how to be a wife. So let's just put that right there and uh, put that out. So after that, we can proceed. <laughs> so my hope with this, and I appreciate that, my hope with this is to inspire women and enkindle this holy desire to look at the blueprint um, for what mm. men can look for in a Catholic spouse. So many people are saying, well, what do I look for? Or how do I act? What are things that matter most to men? And even mm. just reading your list, like this makes sense. And I really appreciated it. So I'm excited to dive in. I know marriage has a potential for the greatest joy and the deepest sorrow in many mm. people's lives. And sometimes that comes in seasons and sometimes it might feel like that is just your life. But you and I, Devin, believe that with Jesus Christ, with God, all things are possible. And so maybe you're sitting here saying, oh, wow, this isn't what I'm living, or hey, I really don't want to listen right now. <laughs> Being open, right, to this is important, wouldn't you say? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, out of the gate, we just need to acknowledge that 
this topic is sacred ground and it does have the potential to be a powder keg just because marriage is like nuclear energy you know nuclear energy can literally fuel uh energy for entire cities mm. you know grids of people but it can also be the kind of energy that blows up entire countries and so that's what marriage is god god endows the married couple with the power of attraction passion or even erotic love but deep friendship and fidelity vulnerability all these things that are like a nuclear energy that comes from the sacrament and yet if we don't harness it properly or channel it properly it really can blow up in our faces and not only destroy our marriages but destroy our families and then destroy like you're talking about people around us with the momunes and and things like that so i think right out of the gate we just need to acknowledge look we're all in this together this is a very marriage is difficult and the reason marriage is so, so difficult is because it's so great because of what it images marriage images christ's marriage to his church we hear this all the time but in that marriage you have literally a husband who is giving up his body for his bride this is my body given up for you and you have a bride who loves that self sacrifice so much that over the last two millennia she is desperately willingly compelled to follow that sacrifice and give herself back to him and that's really the the foundation of what marriage is supposed to be and so i think that one thing that we really need to understand is no matter where we're at if we have an okay marriage if we have a, a marriage that's just barely breathing and barely surviving or if we have a marriage that's firing on almost all the pistons if that's the case don't be prideful and if it's a case that your marriage is falling apart don't don't be hopeless or despairing because mm-hmm. here's the deal god is more faithful than we are to the sacrament and this is very important to understand is that you know, i vow myself to my wife my vow, my wife vowed herself to me sacramentum it means oath we've oathed ourselves to one another and to god but god is more faithful than even we are to that sacrament and he is so faithful that he wants to empower us with that so-called nuclear energy or whatever it is that grace really that supernatural mm-hmm. grace, grace to really image him yeah so mm-hmm. i think that's that's the kind of the foundation you know before we really get into what a husband really is looking for in his wife but and what do you think does that sound Kevin, right i think that what you just said is so profound and i love the analogy you gave of the fact that a nuclear bomb can destroy a whole city a country and it can also power a whole city or a country and i think that's profound and if you look at the reality you said that god is more faithful to the sacrament of marriage because grace abounds and i think so often within the context of marriage i have to kind of slap myself into shape at times remembering jesus christ came to serve and not be served and if we're going into marriage from the offset thinking how are you going to please me how are you going to do what i want and fulfill my needs that's the wrong perspective and that's not why we're having this conversation we're having this conversation because at the end of the day, God's the only one who will satisfy you, but we can do things mm. by the grace of God to help meet the needs of our spouse as well. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I just think that's beautiful. Uh, you know, I remember one evangelist said, do not hang a hat on a hook that cannot bear the weight. And, mm. and there's a real danger in marriage where we look to our spouses and we're like you are supposed to give me what i need you are supposed to fill all those negative spots those voids those those dark 
places where I don't feel loved and you're supposed to feel that make me feel all better. And no, actually it's kind of strange in a way we, we have these dark holes, these wounds, and we bring them into marriage, all this baggage and God perfectly arranges it so that the other person, their wounds perfectly complement our wounds. Mm -hmm. And so like my wife and I, we were uh, up on Lake Michigan, just two day getaway. And that's all we could spare. And we're walking to the beach the first night and she said something and I'm like, man, that sounded a lot like my mom, <laughs> you know, like my childhood, you know? And, and then I said <laughs> something back and she said, she thought to herself, that sounds a lot like my dad. And both of us were wounded from different parents, me, my mom, you know, her, her dad. And so our wounds fit perfectly. And so by the time we were getting the beach, we were walking together and we actually sat on different parts of the beach, if you can believe it. And it, it like took all the way till the next morning for us to, to come together and just talk it through and realizing, oh my gosh, I'm wounded in this way, you're wounded this way. And we were speaking out of our woundedness and we're wounding each other again. And so really marriage though, is God ordains it so those wounds fit perfectly together so that we can heal together, so that we can minister to the wounds together. Because marriage is all about the purification of the self-will, the selfish will. And when you have a spouse who's really in it for you and to help you. That's a beautiful thing. That's what marriage, it's a purifying fire, yes, but it's a fire that creates a passionate love. So that, we've talked about a lot already, but that's that's powerful mm. stuff, I think. It is. And I appreciate the candidness. I think that that's the reality of marriage. There are times where you, know, you want this romantic getaway, right? This two-day getaway and boom, here you are and you just dive in and you're separated. And I also think that's a level of spiritual warfare. There are times where I just look at my husband, I'm like, I know this is spiritual warfare right now. Can we both just walk away and recognize the fact that we finally have some alone time together and we are arguing it means we need to pull back, right? The devil is getting yeah. into the details, but there's so many directions we could go with this conversation. Devin Schatz mm -hmm. joining me now from the Fathers of St. Joseph. Devin, let's go through this list of what a man wants in a Catholic wife. I love it. I have some thoughts on what you shared, but go ahead and <laughs> kick us off here. Okay, yeah. So I think a main premise is, is that when we men, when we first meet the woman that we want to spend the rest of our life with, you know, there's that saying, she's to die for. And we really, at some level, are willing to die for her in certain ways. And I think that there are like seven things that, in a sense, you know, you're dying because you want, you're dying for her in these areas. You're, you're dying for, first of all, her respect. I think every man is dying for his wife or his wife to be her respect. So he wants her to believe in him, to trust him, to believe in his strength, whether it's intellectual, physical, moral, whatever it is, spiritual. But at the end of the day, the worst thing for him is when she disrespects him, when she shames him, particularly in front of other friends. It's like nuking any desire in him to cherish you, you know, from a guy's perspective. You know, it's like, so basically he, and this is, this is biblical. I, I just want to preface this by saying yes. uh, Ephesians 5, yeah. it ends with Paul exhorting wives, respect your husbands. And why? Because Paul knows that this is the deepest fundamental desire of a man. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's mm-hmm. the first one. I don't know if you want to dig in there, if we just want to just run through the list and then just go back or I do, however yeah. you want to do. Let's run real okay. quick through the list and then let's walk okay. through it. Yeah. That way we make sure we cover all of them and we can summarize at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so first is respect. He wants to be respected by her. Second is he desires f- physical intimacy from her. And physical intimacy, I, I think there's a lot of confusion from wives that they think their husband is perverted and all he ever wants is sex. But this is an <laughs> authentic need, a authentic desire that God has planted in the man's soul. And we can get back to that. The third desire he has is for her beauty. He is willing to die for her beauty. And we'll get in that in a minute. And then number four is that he's willing to die for her friendship, her encouragement, you know, her support of him and his initiatives and giving him that freedom to fail even. So um, so, okay, we'll, we'll just move on from there. So her friendship, the fifth is he's looking for, or he's willing to die for is for a mother, for his children. And I just want to make a little parenthetical statement and not to be his mom. You know, he has one mom, <laughs> one is enough. Uh, so to mother his children. And number six is he really desperately wants her to be happy. He wants her to mm-hmm. laugh and enjoy herself and smile. And, and because when she doesn't, even if he knows that it really isn't his fault, let's say, he intuits that it is his fault because he wants mm-hmm. to solve it like a problem because that's what we men do. We want our wives to be happy and we kind of look at it like, okay, what can I do to make her happy? It's almost like a problem to be solved. And, mm-hmm. and then the lastly, we men, we really believe in, I think for most men, this is more of a gradual kind of thing that we kind of discover. But deep down, we really want, our wives to be holy. And mm-hmm. as I said, I not the Amish denim skirt kind of braided hair holy, but a, a fully integrated, spiritually alive woman who, who just loves Christ. And she is discovering Christ in her in such a powerful way that she is fully alive. And mm-hmm. that holiness is deeply attractive. In fact, as you get older, this is the pinnacle thing that a man really desires from his wife was when he i tell my wife all the time my girls i got five daughters i say there is nothing more beautiful than a woman praying there's just nothing more beautiful than a woman with her eyes closed just so serene and peaceful with that in that intimate moment with the lord it's just beautiful but anyway so i've talked a lot but what do you think Oh, I think these are fantastic. And just so you know, when I looked at your list, there was nothing offensive to me about it. I think intuitively, from the perspective of a wife and a mother, it makes sense. And I think it's inspiring to hear that this is really what's so important. I'd love to kind of run through that and talk about them together. Mm -hmm. I know, number one, you said a a man wants a woman's respect, that she respects Mm -hmm. him. I think this is one that we could spend a whole hour discussing because I think there are a lot of wounds in terms of the model Mm -hmm. uh, that women have seen in a radically feminist culture of how to respect a man, whether it be from family of origin, whether it be from the social media to the media culture, Mm -hmm. movie, television. Can you maybe give, if there have been maybe concrete moments, a brief example of where respect has been shown and it's been appreciated. Hmm. Where has respect been shown that it's appreciated? Gosh, that's an incredible question. I, I, I just think for myself, um, when, well, I'll just be totally vulnerable here. Um, when 
early on, very early on in my marriage. So we've been married 27 years by God's grace, and it's beautiful. Chris but God, early thank on, you. Thank yeah, you for that I was coming. Yeah, yeah, I was coming out of, you know, you know, a young life where I was living a very licentious life. I was very much into myself, and then I had this massive conversion experience. But God just doesn't snap His fingers and heal us of all of our wounds and and you know these failings. And one of the big ones was lust. And I just thought when you get married, you just kind of, I didn't even really think about this way, but I think subconsciously, it's like you just transfer over those lustful desires in a moral environment and everything's okay, mm-hmm. you know? And and so I think, you know, wrestling with, so we, our, our third daughter, Anne-Marie was born at 28, was premature, emergency C-section, Kim was cut both ways, uh, vertically and horizontally because her uterus was clamping down on Anne-Marie and crushing her. And so the OB said, look, you can't get pregnant for at least a year for fear of hemorrhaging, which meant that I became an enemy. You know, sexual union became a threat to her life. And that year became a year and a half, two years, two and a half years of, of struggling through abstinence and trying to figure all this out. And, and in that process, I really discovered that I was a very lustful man. I was, a, in a sense, a boy trapped in a man's body. Mm-hmm. And so, so finally, though, I had enough respect for myself. This was the key by entering into prayer, coming to discover that I'm a son of God, coming to discover that God lives in me, gives me the power to really be a man. I actually said, look, honey, this is a real struggle. I, I, I struggle with lust and I'm struggling with objectifying you and I'm so sorry. And it was this where she respected me because I was respecting a myself and I was respecting her. And, and that was a huge moment for us. And I think really, if you want to be respected, you must first respect yourself. It's like the two commands, you know, Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, but you cannot love your neighbor as yourself if you don't love yourself. And you certainly can't love God if you don't love yourself because that you're, you were the greatest gift that God has given you. And so he who loves his wife loves himself. That's what St. Paul says in the scripture. So I think that, you know, us men, we have to first do our homework and get our house in order and mm-hmm. really begin to figure out how to respect ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that means, that means you know your addictions, you know what you struggle with, and you're disrespecting yourself in those areas. And I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be hard on anyone. I, I've lived this. And so mm-hmm. what we do is we need to come clean and begin to respect ourselves. And I believe that that wins our wives because they mm-hmm. see that we're valiantly striving to, to be victorious in these battles. And that, that deserves respect. Mm. I appreciate that story because I think it gives that example where you're saying, first, I need to respect myself to, in order to help my wife in respecting me. But I also, I'm going to contradict you in the respect that I appreciate the story. And I think that that's a very strong example. But I think women should show respect toward their husbands out of love, even if sometimes they uh, might not seem worthy of it. There was a blog I had read many years ago by Matt Walsh, uh, the mm-hmm. political commentator, and he he's a Catholic and he shares a lot about, he used to share a lot about uh, the Catholic you know, view of marriage. And you talked about how when he first got married, he had no idea how to lead. And he appreciated that his wife didn't try to take the reins into her own hands. She gave him the space to just figure it out. And in that mm-hmm. article, you know, years into his marriage, he wrote about how she never treated me like I had to earn her respect. And I thought that was significant because I know men, there have been a lot of polls and studies on this, that men equate respect and love as the same thing. And in fact, they say they would rather be respected or feel respected than feel loved. And then many say, men say, well, what's the difference? And so my only hesitation with regard to your story is that 
if we as women uh, push men to say, well, I'm only going to respect you if you show me you're worthy of it. Well, that should have been a decision before you got married. <laughs> he should have shown yes, something absolutely. worthy. And if you got married and he's maybe doing things that make you feel like, you know, he doesn't deserve respect. Well, it's part of your marital responsibility out of love for your spouse to still show that respect so that it also helps to dignify the husband. So I love the example you gave because it shows I need to respect myself for someone else to respect me. But sometimes we also need to respect others for them to honor themselves as well. So I think it's a both and is what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, because we're talking about here is respect. Let's let's just say the respect for the office of being a husband, if you want to call it that, because mm-hmm. bishop of the home kind of thing. So definitely the wife should have respect for the office now and also respect for the dignity of his person. Now, the difficulty, though, is there's the actual action of the person in the office. So this is where it gets a little bit murky. So we respect the office of certain people in the hierarchy and we respect the dignity of that person. But at times, you know, we're just like not respecting their actions, which are erroneous, you know, or even sinful, right? And so that's like a a major distinction. The respect always is due, like you're saying, and I I totally believe that. And, And I think you're right from the perspective too, is that if a wife doesn't respect, let's just say his office or his role or who he is in his dignity as a person, as a son of God, and as her husband, what she does then is she's always holding out the carrot. Like, mm, if yes, you yeah. do this, yep. if you do this, then I'll yeah. give you the respect you deserve. That's and, not and love. We'll, this, no, that's not love. No. That's and, quid and, pro quo. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and it's like, let's, you know, you can't just put respect on the table as though it's an object and say, okay, you do this for me and I'll give this to you. That's not how it works. And in fact, this is a very important caveat I think we need to make in marital relationships is that couples can address the needs, but they cannot satisfy the needs. And so if a guy is so hollowed out from his wounds that he cannot he cannot believe that he's worthy of respect, he shouldn't put all that pressure on his wife to fulfill that need. He's got to go find himself. But meanwhile, she's got to still respect him, right? Mm-hmm. And right. that's what's probably yeah. going to provide the healing, or yes, at least yes. some of the healing. And it reminds me of in the encyclical Cassie Canubi from the 1930s as this you know, sexual revolution mm-hmm. was starting to come onto the forefront of the 20th century. And Cassie Canubi, this whole idea of calling each other back into our mission is fundamental. And that's why, again, we still show the respect so that you can help dignify the other person in the marriage when they're struggling. I want to move on to the next because we have seven here and they're fantastic. Let's talk about, <laughs> and if you're just joining us, that's Devin Schatt from the Fathers of St. Joseph. Uh, we have a lot of ground together to cover, but we're talking about what men want from their Catholic wives. And he has a list of seven things. Number two, you said is physical intimacy. Uh, There's a need and it's not just something that's perverted. And I do want to touch it on that, uh, Devin, kind of give some feedback. I think that a lot of women sometimes will shame their spouse because of their desire for intimacy. But I think part of our role as women is really to call a man to more than just a lust in a relationship and to help him in loving and not lusting. And sometimes I think the difficulty for women with regards to physical intimacy is feeling lusted after and not loved and adored. And so finding that balance of not shaming your husband while honoring, you know, that gift and that desire at the same time that is God given. Well, I think that, okay, that's, that's perfect and beautiful. 
the whole idea of not shaming is so important because really, let's face it, I think Pope John Paul II said in his theology body, man's not so much ashamed of his body, but as much as he's ashamed of lust. And so the idea is that the reason we're ashamed to be naked or that, you know, whereas originally we're naked without shame is because we're ashamed of lust. We're ashamed of how we look at one another or how others look at us. And so this is a real battle, especially for men, because men typically are much more visual. You know, we're much more physical. It doesn't mean that women aren't. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that men just, we are built this way. And right. so this is our, this is our arena. Our, our battle arena is with the demon of lust. And man, it gets in us and we have to fight it to the death. And so really what a great woman does, a great woman says, I'm going to fight this battle with you. Together. I, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. Yes, together. Mm-hmm. Let's get through this together. And so, man, there's a lot there, but, but <laughs> yes. the two become one flesh and they image yes. Christ in that beautiful one flesh union. And I do want to add a caveat because we're going to have to change, um, go to a break here in a moment. But I think it's important that before you get married, you should never marry someone with a pornography addiction. That needs to be healed and addressed mm-hmm. beforehand mm-hmm. because you are in this together. And that's not fair mm-hmm. to you as a wife or to the husband if you're going into marriage with this massive deficit, this wound that is known and festering and bleeding. Uh, There's so many wounds, I think, that come come even further into the marriage because of it. Devin, if you can stick with us, I want to come back and walk through these last four that are so important. What a man is looking for in a Catholic wife. Much to be discussed. I think a hot topic and rather controversial. I appreciate if you're staying with us during this topic. We'll be right back here on Trending with Devin Schatt from the Fathers of St. Joseph. listening to Trending with Timry, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. It's Marriage Hour today on Trending, and we're talking about a very hot topic, what men want from their Catholic wives. Joining us candidly with his experience and the Catholic perspective is Devin Schatt from the Fathers of St. Joseph. He's a Catholic author. You can find him in his work at Fathers of St. Joseph. That's fathersofstjoseph.org. We're walking through a seven-part list of things that men want from their Catholic wives. If you've not been with us, be sure to catch this episode. Download it. If you're not married, this is what we want to emulate, what we want to work toward. We're walking through it. Number three on your list, Devin, is a man desires her beauty. Uh, Talk a little bit more about that. Well, yeah. So when we first meet our wives or the woman we love, that's the initial thing that attracts us usually. Um, We see her, wow, she's stunning or whatever it is. And and then we get to the real beauty eventually. That's her soul that's being emitted or, or, you know, through that body. The key though, is that over the years, um, attributes change, you know, on both sides, we, we both change quite a bit, but here's what happens though with the change is that our attitudes change our attitudes about mm-hmm. ourselves and our attitudes about one another change. So we start to think like, well, I'm not attractive anymore, or he doesn't find me attractive anymore. But truly, this is this is something that's very important. Back to that first um, or that second need for men, that physical intimacy, there's a, a stunning scientific fact that 
when a couple comes together in sexual union, there are chemicals that are released in the brain, I think like oxytocin, serotonin, mm -hmm. et cetera, that mm -hmm. actually bond the couple together. And they, yes. it actually allows the couple to actually still see the other person in their beauty form. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is this, I never understood how my parents could still find one other attractive. You know? <laughs> I just never understood it. And, and now I understand it. And, and I think that this is, this is reality. I this is how goggles. God has designed it. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly. I love, love that. Love, yeah, chemical love goggles. And the thing is, is that God designed it that way so that as we grow older, we grow. So this is why it's so important that the couple comes together, as Paul says in First Corinthians chapter seven, verse five: Do not deprive one another, except for maybe a time of prayer, lest you know, you, you, lest you end up tempted by Satan into infidelity. So the the point here is that because you have that going for you as a couple meaning yes your attributes sag or maybe you're not as beautiful or as handsome as you used to be or whatever it is this is the key though your spouse i remember talking to this one guy there's a picture of his wife and he on, on his desk and she was beautiful but that wasn't what i saw currently of her right and i said wow that's your wife and he says that is how i still see her mm. i was like wow that's amazing mm. and 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 so this is a phenomenon I see a lot is that when the girls go out, meaning the women, all the moms or whatever, they go out, all these women dress up. I mean, they put on the finest, you know, clothing, they're looking <laughs> good. They got the lip, they're making up, they're dressing up. And, and I'm thinking, gosh, you know what, why don't they do that for their husbands? And I think that <laughs> they, they, it's like so weird. Yes. They want to, yes. you know, show off for their girlfriends, but they, they look more dressed up for them than they do yes. for their husbands. So I think that this is really a need for the man because what it does, it says mm -hmm. volumes that yeah. I respect you. I still find you attractive. I still want you. I'm still trying. Yes. Whatever the words trying. are. This, trying is key. Yes. Yeah. This speaks volumes to the husband that he is mm -hmm. still the most important person, not in the world, but in her world. I think that this is such a sensitive topic for many people. Yeah, I always appreciate you, Devin, and others, when they say this is still important that you see your spouse as the way you married her, but you still desire that effort, right? The show that you're trying. And I think there's a difference between superficiality in working toward being both one, healthy, and two, making a loving effort to honor your spouse's mm -hmm. desire and love for you, a wholesome desire and love. And I think, you know, you give that example of women getting you know dressed to the T to go out with the girls. It's a comparison culture that women struggle with. And I think in some respects, there's that uh, comfort that occurs or that familiarity when you know, well, my husband loves me. That's wonderful and excellent to be affirmed and know that your spouse loves you. But it's an act of love and honor to show I love you too. And I would like to present myself in this way too as well. Not that, you know, and again, people are going to write, I'm waiting. I can just feel the emails and the social media messages coming in. What are you saying? We have to wear makeup. We have to do our hair. Yes, there's nothing wrong with that. And again, to a point, and I'm just going to drop the topic now or else we're going to spend the next hour and we'll see how many hate emails I receive even now for this topic but it the bottom line is is that it's important to men and i think it should be important to us as well what's number four in this list of seven Devin? yeah so number four is he he desires from the beginning truly if he's a real man he desires her friendship and i i love the fact that eve her name actually means life bearer but in the hebrew it actually has more than just a biological kind of connotation it actually means that she is an, a life-giving encouragement to adam so this is huge like 
guys want a friend who is like a, a source of strength and encouragement. She like believes in him enough to say, okay, you've got this primary vocation, but out of that, you've got some new adventures or, you know, there's runners, there's fighters, there's hobbies, there's landscapers, there's hiking and can't, you know, whatever guys, Bible studies and missions. And, and if she's like, nah, you can't do this or nah, you're no good at that. Or, uh, you, you know, you're just stealing time away from me or the family, you know, I get it. But at, at some point she needs to come alongside and he needs to come alongside of her. They both need to give each other the freedom to explore in, in a sense, in a sense of mission, but then they both need to come alongside one another in their missions. And I, my wife's super simple. She loves gardening. Okay. So I'm like, okay. And the garden, her gardens were always ugly. Like, I just hated it, you know? And I was like, oh man, it's right in the yard. So then I, because I'm like, okay, yeah, fruitfulness, but beauty. Okay. Fruitfulness and beauty, both, you know? And, and uh, so I decided, fine, I'm going to build her a super cool garden. And I, so for Mother's Day, I made this cool trellis and all this stuff. And I almost electrocuted myself because I was digging really deep and I hit a pipe or an electrical conduit. But point is, is that I made this cool garden for her. And she was over the moon because mm. I was coming alongside of her in her mission, in her desire. And when she does that for me, I'm just like, I feel like my love tank is full because she, I, what she's really saying to me is, I believe you can do this. And mm. I know so many guys who say this is that like, I know guys who started their own businesses, guys who are very successful. And they said, I would have never taken the chance to do this be unless mm. my wife said, I know you can do this. Mm-hmm. And so this is super important, this friendship thing, but there's a danger. And this is a danger I want to say on the man side. There is a danger when we go to our wives with all of our problems and all of our complaints and how bad mm -hmm. the job is or whatever, mm -hmm. and we just burden her. And if mm -hmm. you look at the Blessed Mother or any woman, what a woman does is she embodies, remember Simeon says, a sword of sorrow shall pierce your heart. It's all interior. She holds, she bears the burden of Christ, her son's suffering in her body, in her heart, where we, we wear it on the outside. And I think that as men, we got to be super careful about burdening our wives with our problems. Yes, we can talk about it, but I think she, she wants to solve it. She can't. But that's where the real friendship comes in is, hey, I support you in this, but I'm not going to burden you, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I think that's super important caveat. I appreciate that caveat because I think it is important. There's a difference between oversharing with anyone and not that you shouldn't share your deepest fears and desires, but that maybe it's not constantly, right? Like the pain that is being projected onto another. And I think there's a big difference there. But I love this, that number four, that a husband wants his wife to be his friend, uh, to be encouraging and supportive of his initiatives, even, you know, the freedom to fail you mentioned. I think that's mm -hmm. so important. I especially understand this. You know, I have an entrepreneurial husband. He loves, you know, the idea of starting businesses. You know, he's starting another business and it's great. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes there are areas where there could be fear or there could be anxiety mm -hmm. or maybe it's taking up a lot of time and finding that balance and communication you know with addressing those things but at the end of the day uh, finding that support that I think is so important and as you mentioned earlier the freedom to succeed the freedom to you know 
re-navigate and enjoy. I think that taking interest in each other's interests, that example you gave is so important. Number well, five. I, that's, go ahead. Well, hold on, hold on. I, I just yeah. want to say that is beautiful what you just said. That is awesome because by your support of him, you actually allow him to discover more of himself. And I, I think that there's a certain amount of space that our wives need to give us. Like, I love landscaping. I love building stone walls and stuff like that. But the thing is, is I do it wrong sometimes. And my wife doesn't sit there and go, oh, you're doing it again. She's like, oh, you're doing it right. That's great. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that you're doing that for your husband. You're giving him that space. Yeah, maybe to fail. But man, you're becoming this life sport support for him to become who he really is destined to be, which is amazing. And, you know, you mentioned that. And I think that you are reminding me that we have a really, uh, really strong ability as women to dig and to discourage our husbands as well. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the positive side of that. And I'm just going to mention one story. And it was, I share the story not as much of a criticism, but as in a moment where I was embarrassed because I saw how painful the experience was. I had a friend whose husband had taken years to go through and finally get his uh, university college degree. And he is you know sharing yeah i finished i'm done and you know we call it you know the degree bachelor of science right and she goes oh yeah you did it your bs degree it means nothing and that was what she said in front of her husband after he's been working you know full-time job working extra hours to get it done and i was he was talking about how proud of himself he was and i felt so bad and i thought you know i know she didn't mean that i get that she meant in today's world having a bachelor's of science unfortunately often doesn't mean that much Uh, and maybe there was more loaded to that comment but i my heart just ached in that situation and i was uncomfortable i didn't want to be there i wanted to run from the room for them in that situation and it reminded me of how powerful my words are toward and about my husband and how important encouragement is in those experiences because i've done things such as that i'm sure i know i have mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a great example and it it, I think the reason it cuts at the heart of a man is because we we want to be strong. We want to be respected deep down. And then when that comment comes in after all that work, after all that effort, and the one person in our life who we think has our back mm-hmm. just cut the legs right out from underneath us, it makes us feel like we're on an island and mm-hmm. we're worthless. We have no value. You know, so yeah, there's a lot of power. Women have a ton of power. You know, we try not to let on, but they have a lot of power. Yeah. Let's dive into number five. We're in this uh, seven point list of things that a man wants from a Catholic wife with Devin Shat from the Fathers of St. Joseph. What's number five? Yeah. So uh, number five is he wants a great mom for his children. He wants a mother for his children. Obviously, he doesn't want another mom, you know, for himself. <laughs> and so it's huge, huge. But there's, again, so there's this like real fine balance. Okay. And so a man can have a great wife or a a great, uh, have a wife who's a great mom, but she becomes so invested in becoming a mother that she forgets about him or she neglects him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, before I remember Kim and I, when we were going through everything, we had three kids, three years, Anna Marie was on life support and it was just horrific. Mm -hmm. And, and, and he, this guy came up to us and said, are you guys helping one another? Are you guys going out on dates? Are you are you talking to each other? Because he could just see it. And, and he said, before Seth and Abel and Cain was Adam and Eve. He says, you need to take care of yourselves. And so 
on one hand, we desire a mom who is compassionate for our children, who has the vision to raise them to be virtuous, who, who is just involved in their lives and isn't trying to live vicariously through them. That's a big caveat. Um, mm. And she's, you know, a mother who's faithful and believes in her children. But at the same time, what we don't want is after, you know, 25 years of marriage and the kids move out and there's nothing to talk about because her entire investment was in the children and not him. So there's a real balance here. Whereas the mother on the flip side, he needs a mom for his children, a great mom, but she also needs a father. And that's where for, for her children. And so that's where the united front with no undermining of the other is so essential. The mission is together. And this is, this is where the marriage becomes a great mission together is right there in the vocation of raising these saints, these future mm-hmm. saints, these children, and through thick and thin, through the difficulty of it all, and still loving one another, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, I just think that this is really important because you could have a really beautiful woman. You could have a really, uh, a woman who maybe even respects you, but who is checked out and is living for herself. You know, she's shopping all the time. She's a workaholic, whatever. She's career minded and she's totally not involved with the kids. And this breaks a lot of guys' hearts, Mm. you know. And I think it touches on that expectation in terms of mothering. It doesn't just say, hey, I'm putting a label on you that you're a mom, but that you're going to raise our children. And I am seeing so many marriages struggle right now where the husband has this expectation that the wife will raise the children and the world is pulling I think us as women in so many directions and keeping our priorities in line is so important. It's fundamental. And I think we have to come back and reevaluate and have these moments of discernment throughout the months, throughout the year of, am I falling in line with my mission? And when we talk about mission, you mentioned that number five is that a man wants a wife who will mother his children. I was thinking about how Pope St. John Paul II in his book, Love and Responsibility, before he was Pope, uh, actually talked about relationships between men and women and the fact that women often help the father of a child in bonding and forming that relationship, that proper attachment with a child, whereas a mother is often automatically very clearly attached to a child. It doesn't always happen as easy and as clearly uh, for a father. You know, sometimes that interest isn't quite the same and it, that occurs and that that's natural. And the wife has a responsibility to help in calling the man into that relationship. And even over the years, highlighting the needs of a child where the father may not have noticed where he can step in and she steps back. I think that's part of that mothering as well. Well, it's huge. I love that. Yeah. My wife is constantly cueing me in, into these areas where I'm blind. You know, I, I just, you know, I didn't see that you know, my daughter is going through something and she's like, Hey, have you noticed? And she's tuned in. And I think that's, it, it is intrinsically this way because like, you know, the child is literally formed in the mother's womb. They are yes. one right. and the man is on the outside from the beginning. He is other and he's even other to the child. The child is like, okay, he's a foreigner. I, I'm trying to get used to him. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. I love that. If you have time, can you stay with us so we can walk through the last two here? Because I think this is so important. Such an important conversation, Devin. Yeah. 
We'll be right back here on Trending. We're talking about the seven things a man wants and a Catholic wife. Stay with us. Numbers 1-888-914-9149. If you have a question or comment during our marriage hour, we'll be right back with Devin Schatt from the Fathers of St. Joseph. Go check out his books. If you can't tell by what he's talking about, he's good. His books are excellent. Fathersofstjoseph.org. We'll post a link to his books there as well. listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. We've got to talk about momunes, but we're going to talk about them tomorrow, as well as a Catholic perspective on divorce. You might ask, what is a momune? It is the fact that divorced moms are moving in together and raising their kids. I think there are a lot of takeaways. There's actually a reality TV show coming up at coming out about this. So stay tuned. We'll talk about that tomorrow on trending and some important questions you guys have sent my way. Today, we're talking with Devin Shat about seven things that men want from their Catholic wives. This is a hot and I think controversial topic. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this show. And if you didn't catch the whole hour, relevantradio.com forward slash trending or wherever you catch your podcast, you can listen there. You can find Devin Shat at the Fathers of St. Joseph, fathersofstjoseph.org. Post a link on social media as well as in the episode notes where you can also pick up his books as well. Okay, we've been running through this list. We'll summarize at the end, but we're on number six, and I love this one and what a husband desires from his Catholic wife. Go ahead, Devin. He wants her to be happy. He does. He wants her to laugh. He wants her to enjoy herself. And the truth is, is that even in the beginning, when we date a woman, the worst thing is when she's sulking or she's not having a good time. And we feel like this is a big part of our problem. Like we've done something that, and I know that as marriage goes on, there's a lot of burdens, there's a lot of struggles, but one of our greatest desires, I love it when my wife laughs. I just love it. I I love it when she just gets that really crazy laugh going and something just nails her. And even if I don't say it, you know I mean? Even if it is something, it just, to see her happy just brings me so much happiness because I'm like, okay, her life is filled right now. And I think that one of the things though, for women or for men, for all of us, is that if we're not happy, you know, joyful, and I don't mean the world's kind of happiness and giddiness, but if we're not having that deep inner joy, it's because we don't really have God. And I know that sounds harsh, but God is the source of joy and happiness. And even amidst the greatest trials, we if we have God and if we have a relationship with God and, and, and we're really being very real with God, we can still be joyful. And in fact, that's the mark of the Christian life. And I remember when I had cancer, you know, um, mm. I, I had to have a surgery and, and my wife came into the room after I got out of surgery and I was all drugged up and high. And I was, I didn't know that I literally had a tube coming out of my neck and it was going to my pocket where it was collecting the blood out of my neck, the excess blood. And my wife came in and here it is, it's tragedy. I mean, she, you know, she thinks I'm dying and there's this like tube with all this blood and she had to leave the room because she literally almost passed out. She's laying down in the hallway Mm -hmm. in in the hospital. Right. And we just, and we, but we ended up just laughing about that, you know, and here I I potentially could have been dying. Um, We had three little kids and yet we end up just laughing because why? Because at the heart and center of it is we have each other and we have God. And I think that when my wife is in pain, it pains me so much because we are one. We are one. And mm-hmm. so I think for guys, it's really important. And this 
runs into the next really need or want that we have from our wives. But I think we need to protect our wives' prayer life and help them to have that, you know, give them that space from if they're overwhelmed with their work, their children, whatever they got going on, we need to create that space for them that they can spend time with the Lord and really experience his loving Because number seven is you want your spouse to be holy, right? And I think that's so fundamental uh, that we are covering that. I think that, you know, when we talk about, you know, desiring for your spouse to be holy, it's interesting. I'll talk to a lot of non-Catholic men or sometimes whether they're no type of faith whatsoever, Protestant maybe, and over and over again, I'll hear many men say, yeah, you know, I really do want to marry a Catholic wife. You know, my dad always told me, if you want to get married, make sure you marry a Catholic wife. And so my response always is, so when are you going to convert? When are you going to start taking your faith seriously? Because there is that desire uh, for holiness. I think that pursuit of virtue, that pursuit of a prayer life, that relationship with God, that perspective on life that is providential, that sees income as provisions, not as how much I can have and how much I can spend, that, that different perspective and trusting God's provisions and providence and his timing is so fundamental. Uh, and men want this even when they aren't Catholic. And I think that speaks volumes. I'll also talk about uh, number six that you had mentioned that a husband wants his wife to be happy, for her to laugh and enjoy herself with him. I loved some of the stories you shared as well. And I was really kind of thinking about this earlier because when we moved out of the state to the Midwest for a couple of years, it was really challenging for me. I just had a baby. We moved when I don't even think I was two months postpartum, found out right after I had the baby. And as we were kind of navigating through this entire situation, I ended up struggling after we had moved just to kind of this postpartum depression, kind of depression from isolation. And all of this as we were moving through, uh, I think that I really started to struggle. You know, I was struggling just emotionally with, you know, feeling down and isolated. And as we were navigating through it, I really appreciated the whole time as my husband was, you know, making the extra effort to maybe work from home some days because I felt so isolated knowing no one in a new place in the country. And also, you know, I was seeing things that he would do, you know, really trying to be intentional with time, checking in. Uh, Really, he strove very hard to help us move back to California because he knew that for me, it was really a big fight for me uh, to live in the Midwest. So isolated from family, friends, to me, I don't know how some people do it, but bad weather. I'm a Southern California girl through and through. I love my sunshine. And so I so appreciated that he was striving for this, that even in the midst of you know being a great job, loving his job, that he saw that I was struggling. I was suffering in many ways, but I will also say I was fighting because it mattered so much to my husband that I was happy. He wanted me to be happy where I was at. And I think we as wives have a responsibility to delight in and embrace our state in life, even when things aren't quite as we hope or expect. And There are depressions that can occur and some people struggle with at times, uh, but that we're fighting, right? We're not allowing ourselves to sit in that, that we're delighting in the fact that this is where we are at in life and that God has allowed us to be here and that happiness is a fleeting emotion. Joy is a grace-filled life where we keep our eyes set on God and delight in the joys and the sorrows that we experience in life. That's been Devin Schatt from the Fathers of St. Joseph talking about seven things a man wants in his Catholic life. Catholic wife. Check him out at fathersofstjoseph.org. 
This is Timory from Trending with Timory. Have you heard about the rise of momunes and the fact that a reality TV show is coming out about this? Divorced moms who are moving in together, taking care of each other. We'll talk about that, Catholic Church's teaching on divorce, and some key takeaways from these momunes. Also, I'm going to talk about how hospitals are using a blueprint for toddlers, that's right, toddlers, two, three-year-olds, to be transgender. We'll also talk about how much we should or shouldn't use chat GPT. So join me daily, 6 p.m. Central, on Relevant Radio.